Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. This telephone pole that he has in his eye that is blinding him to where he cannot see that little speck of sawdust in his brother's eye. And so what does he do? He judges his brother who has just this little itsy bitsy speck of sawdust. Meanwhile, how ridiculous is this? How absurd is this? You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Galatians. Pride in our lives is always destructive and dangerous. Today, Pastor J.D. points out the ridiculousness of finding fault in someone else when they have a little speck of sawdust in their eye, but we're walking around with a telephone pole in our own. Be aware that it's so easy to see pride in others because you recognize it in yourself first. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now here's Pastor J.D. in Galatians chapter 6 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. I was talking with a brother and he was sharing with me about this church where he visited. And for the first 30 minutes, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating, 30 minutes, the pastor got up there and all he talked about was money. By the way, he was not in a place in God's Word where God's Word talks about money, which is really the only time we ever talk about money is when we're in a place in the Word of God where God's Word talks about money, and God's Word does talk about money. But he spent 30 minutes, didn't even get into the Word, (laughs) just talking about money, all about the money, lovers of money, and boastful, and proud, and abusive. I think verbally abusive. God forbid, physically abusive. Verbally abusive. It's too depressing to keep going, but I think you get the point. Where's the love, we say? (laughs) Where's the compassion? Where's the love, one for another? Remember, This is how they're going to know that we are his disciples. By our love, one for another. And this just beautifully dovetails into our third one in verses 3 through 5. And it's that of being humble before others. Now, there's something I need to clear up here because at first read one can get the impression that there's a contradiction in verse 5 as it relates to each one carrying their own load because in verse 2 Paul says we're to carry one another's load. So verse 2, carry one another's load. Verse 5, each one bears his own load. Okay, (laughs) wait, which one is it? Well, let me see if I can clear this up. In verse 5, Paul is referring to how we'll all stand on our own at the judgment seat of Christ in eternal life, whereas in verse 2, 
He's referring to those who have been burdened and need help in this life. It's an entirely different thing. Consider Romans chapter 14, verse 10, where Paul sort of echoes what he says here in Galatians by asking two rhetorical questions. He asks you then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? And then he says this, for we will all stand before God's judgment seat. Now, please know that this is not the great white throne judgment. Please make that distinction. This is the Bema seat of Christ. Here's the best way I've ever heard it explained. Even the Apostle Paul uses this as the comparison from the Olympic Games of that day, much like we have today, where you have the judges that are seated there judging the athletes in the competition. And at the end of the competition, the winner who gets first place is crowned with, and that time they had the, the wreaths. Now it's the gold medal, the silver medal, the bronze medal. That's the judgment seat we're talking about here. And this is why Paul is referring to it in the context of we're all going to stand alone on that stage before the judgment seat and we're all going to be rewarded and recompensed according to that which we've done. We cannot bring anybody into that judgment. We stand alone before God. And be very careful because you're going to be judged. Why are you judging others? Oh, oh, do you think that you're the one that's seated in the judge's seat? Holding up the cards, you know how we do, right? (laughs) In our day, five, six, nine, two. Really? Oh, you're the judge? Okay, well, (laughs) you might want to rethink that because of what Paul is going to talk about here and why Paul talks about what he talks about here. As I was... uh, preparing this morning to teach this, I got to tell you, I got really convicted because it's all about pride. When you think about it, all you have to do is peel back all of the layers, especially when it comes to judging others, looking down on others, and treating others with contempt. And what you're going to find at the core of that is pride. And here's the ugly truth about pride. And pride is ugly. Pride always looks down on and judges others under the banner of thinking that I'm more important than and better than you. That's why I've postured and positioned myself in the judge's seat, and that's why I'm passing judgment on you. That's pride. And it's not just pride. It's spiritual pride. It's spiritual pride. It's so dangerous. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Philippi, in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, says this, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. 
Rather, in humility, listen, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Come on. Let's be honest with ourselves. Do we do that? As the Holy Spirit, (laughs) between us and the Holy Spirit, and I include myself in this, boy do I, because when it comes to pride, I know a few things about pride. In fact, I have a PhD when it comes to pride. I'm, I'm just confessing, and don't look at me like that because you're as wretched as I am when it comes to pride too. Right? Let's be honest. As one has noted, at the core, at the center of the word pride is this letter I. And oh, oh by the way, <laughs> pride is at the center of sin. And oh, isn't it interesting that that letter I is right smack in the middle of the word sin as well? When it comes to my pride, I can get so proud that I even am humble about my pride. Yeah. And then it works both ways, right? Even when I'm full of pride, when I'm humble, I'm proud of my humility. I'm humble about my pride. I'm thinking, I'm so humble. That's pride. I just blew it. I'm, I'm taking pride in my humility. I'm proud of my humility. Pride is so cunning, so insidious, so deceptive. It has the propensity to deceive ourselves. Let me uh, use a computer illustration. You know how we have these antiviruses on our computers that are there to detect when we get a a virus and then it, you know, quarantines it and then you got to, you know, get rid of it. And, and sometimes, you know, the virus is not detected and it'll just completely corrupt, for lack of a better word, the entire hard drive and operating system. Some viruses are so sophisticated in our day and age that they actually have the ability to disable the antivirus. And once they do, they just destroy everything. But first, that virus disables the antivirus. It has to. And I see pride like that. The virus of pride, if you please. It disables the very thing within us that can detect it. And we're blinded to it. And this is why pride leads to destruction. And then once that pride is able to disable our antivirus, then it just leads to complete and total destruction and deception. This is what pride does. This is one thing I'm learning about pride in my own life. It blinds me, it deceives me, and in turn disables me in my ability to examine myself. So what do I do instead? And this is what Paul is saying. 
I examine you. See, humility says I need to have the Lord search my own heart. See if there be anything that is keeping me from knowing you and loving you and serving you and pleasing you. And conversely, pride says, well, let me, (laughs) I'm careful when I share this. This is many years ago on the mainland, a land far, far away, (laughs) a long, long time ago. I remember sitting in church under the teaching of God's Word, so full of pride that as the Word was being taught, this is what I was thinking. So-and-so needs to hear this. Come on. I can tell already, by the way, you're not laughing. (laughs) Oh, I need to get the CD for them or email them the link on this. Oh, really? Let uh, Let me take it a little bit further. Why not? So I'm in the Proverbs. Again, this is just my own propensity for pride. I'm reading the Proverbs. My heart is so full of pride. And you know when you get into those contrasting Proverbs, usually in the teens, you know, the chapters with the teens. And an example would be, you know, the righteous do this, but the wicked do this. So here I am, right? I'm, I'm like, yeah. You know, the, for, first, the righteous do this. Ah, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But the wicked, and I've got people, names, faces coming to mind. Yeah, they do. And here's the Lord, as gentle and long-suffering and patient and merciful as he always is, just kind of knocking on the door of my heart, uh, excuse me, <laughs> you got that backwards. You think you're the righteous? You're not. You're the wicked! And I have to just surrender to it. Yes, I am. That's me. But we always, in our pride, in our self-righteousness, we always want to shed ourselves in the most favorable light. And don't we do that one with another? We always paint the canvas of our lives with the brightest of colors. That's pride. Rarely is there any self-deprecation and honesty about our true condition. We don't see ourselves that way because we've been blinded. Because pride blinds. Pride blinds. And we can't see. And oh, by the way, this is why Jesus taught what he taught concerning the one who is blind and even self-deceived when it comes to this telephone pole that he has in his eye that is blinding him to where he cannot see that little speck of sawdust in his brother's eye. And so what does he do? He judges his brother who has just this little itsy-bitsy speck of sawdust. Meanwhile, how 
ridiculous is this? How absurd is this? As he's trying to see, there's a big telephone pole in my way because that's in my eye. And oh, by the way, that's where that speck of sawdust came. It came from the telephone pole in my eye. You know that expression we have? Takes one to know one. Oh, how true is that? How do I know what pride looks like in your life if I don't know that I possess it in my own? See, I know what pride looks like. I know what pride smells like. En the pew. <laughs> it stinks. And I know that stench in my own life. And so when I smell just a little hint of it in yours, oh my, I know that smell. I know what that is. I am keenly aware. I am intimately knowledgeable of that in your life because I know of that in my own life. So this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, basically, this is maybe a crass way to say it. He's basically saying, who do you think you are? How dare you? Where do you get off on trying to help your brother with that speck of sawdust when you yourself possess this telephone pole in your own life? Why don't you, uh, instead of judging your brother's speck, why don't you judge yourself and deal with that telephone pole first? And then you'll be able to see. But right now you can't see because you're blinded. This is in Matthew 7, by the way, if you want to turn there. I want to read verses 1 through 5. Listen to what Jesus says, and we'll close. Do not judge. You want to know why? (laughs) Because you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I think it's in Luke's gospel. Uh, If my memory serves me correct, I can't recite chapter or verse. It's taken out of context all the time. In fact, it's used in the context of money. And it's not in the context of money. It's in the context of mercy, where Jesus says, give and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, packed in, shaken together and running over. Because in the same way that you measure, it will be measured to you. You know, he's not talking about money. You know, these pastors want to get up there and say, hey, if you give, it'll be given back to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running. No, no, that's not. Read the context of it. What he's talking about is if you give mercy to someone, then mercy will be given to you, pressed down, packed in. Who among us here today doesn't need the mercy of God? Listen, I need that measure of mercy in my life. So in order to get that measure of mercy in my life, I want to be the one that is using that same measure in your life as well. And that's what he's saying here. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And then he says, verse 3, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? 
How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's this huge, everybody sees it. How can they not plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Many years ago, early in our marriage, my wife one time, as only a wife can, brought this powerful principle home for me in a profound way. So we're, we're having this discussion, you know, slash, well, that's what pastors call it. They just call it a discussion. You can call it whatever you, okay, we were arguing, and I was so convinced I was right, and she was wrong. And I'm like, you know, you have this, you know, this issue, and this is about you, and, and I'm pointing it out, and I'm poking her eye, going, this is, can't you see it? And then, you know, bless her. This is, this is why we've been married for 29 years, I want you to know. She um, does this, and <laughs> I'm not exaggerating it, okay? So just out of nowhere, she, you know, I'm, and she does this, whoa. I'm like, what? She goes, oh, you almost hit me with that telephone pole in your eye. I'm like, oh. I hate it when that happens. She was, here I am pointing out this little area in her life. It's so irritating. And is it when you get a little speck in your eye? Isn't it irritating? It irritates your eye? <laughs> I, I almost bludgeoned her with the telephone pole of my own. I think that was the last time we ever had that particular discussion. <laughs> she was right. I was doing that. Here I had this plank in my eye, and I just had to go before the Lord. Lord, <laughs> I need to get this thing out of my eye. I need to get this thing out of my life. That's messing me up. It's damaging. It's damaging me. It's damaging my marriage. It's damaging my life, every aspect of my life. Because is that not what pride does? Believe you me. I'm going to close now. Some of you are going, thank you, God. He's going to close. Listen, I could go on as God is my witness for hours talking simply about the dangers, the deadly danger of pride. Pride is dangerous. Pride is deadly. And pride will always lead to ultimate destruction. Galatians opens our eyes to the potential and sadly the reality of false teachers. They're clever, there's no doubt about it. They can work their way into any area, saying just what needs to be said to get by, and then leaving their trail of deception for us to follow. How do we avoid these false teachers? By knowing God's Word and staying firmly rooted in the love and truth He teaches us. We're so glad you joined us today on In Spirit and Truth. We'd love to meet you in person. We have an open invitation to join us for our weekly services here at Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. We gather each Sunday and Thursday. You'll find more information at inspiritandtruthradio.com. 
Just click on Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at the bottom of the page. Would you like to hear more teachings from Pastor J.D.? You can find them online at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. But we also have more convenient ways to keep up to date with these messages. Did you know you can take In Spirit and Truth on the go by downloading our mobile app? In our fast-paced world, it's easy to let the time we'd spend in the Bible slip into the back of the line of things to get done in a day. When you download our mobile app, however, you'll have verse-by-verse studies in the Bible available right at your fingertips to listen to whenever and wherever you go. You'll find a link to the app at inspiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have for today's message. Join us next time to keep searching the scriptures for God's goodness in Galatians, right here on In Spirit and Truth. Keeping me right with you, holding me true.